everybody. Welcome to It Was Tuesday with your host, James Chen, a.k.a. Jay Chenzor. Hope everybody is doing well out there. Um, a uh, little high up, but that's fine. Uh, hope everybody out there is doing well. And uh, it's a good time to be a fan of fighting games. Lots of cool things happening just in terms of new stuff. I know MK1 came out with a new patch and uh, <laughs> a lot of people definitely uh, talking about that. Nintendo, of course, coming out with the new uh, community guideline thing. And that has been causing a lot of uh, uh, consternation. The Tekken 8 beta was playable this past weekend, so uh, again, a lot more opinions on that. Unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to look over the Nintendo stuff too much. Uh, I haven't been playing MK1 and uh, Tekken 8. I did not get a chance to play the patch. I was uh, busy this weekend, friends and friend in town, heading out and doing lots of fun stuff this weekend. So, But one of the things that did happen this weekend was the Singapore offline event, which is one of the three only events that you can qualify directly into Capcom Cup. And so uh, definitely a lot of people traveled to this. Of course, the number one uh, one was Evo, where a lot of people actually uh, played. That was over 7,000 entrants. Yes, so Singapore. And then next month, there's going to be an offline major in France. But I believe a lot of what Capcom is doing here is also because of the abbreviated year, right? If they're going to run Capcom Cup at the same time they do every year around February or so, you know, obviously the game came out halfway through the year, so they didn't have as much time to set up as, uh, you know, all the different offline circuits and stuff. Hopefully, uh, the... Um, Next year will be kind of back to how we did it before with events like Combo Breaker and CEO and Frosty Faustings and all these things all being like qualifying spots. Not necessarily if you win, you get in, but at least maybe for building points like they used to do a long time ago because the points was always a really exciting way to keep track of the season. But this year it is only three events. It's Evo, the Singapore premiere this past weekend. And of course, in November, there was the France event coming up. And the Singapore one just took place this weekend and definitely surprised a lot of people. So let's kind of set the stage here for how everything went. Evo was not a surprise at all, even though it was so soon after the game came out. Like just basically a month, right? The game was basically barely barely a month old by the time uh, Evo ran around. So it was like, what is it, uh, a month and a half old or so? But uh, the top six that we got for Evo, I mean, was what? was like Punk, uh, Kakeru, uh, Mena RD, Angry Bird, uh, Haitani, and Tokido. It's like you got six, like you could not have asked for a more expected result out of Street Fighter 6, you know, right away. It's like six of the top players of all time, you know, who have been killing it in Street Fighter 5 using six extremely strong characters. So, like, most of it was like, okay, yeah, so that makes sense. <laughs> As they say in Street Fighter 3, uh, Third Strike, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Anyways, um, it was really uh, pretty much like no surprises. It was frightening how a 7,000 man tournament turned out to be so just like, yep, this is what we expect. 
And so, you know, who knows what was going to happen going into the next major. We were all worried about Rashid maybe coming in and throwing a loop at Evo. And then uh, everyone just seemed like they forgot about Rashid. Like, eh, character didn't turn out to be as strong as we thought. Whatever. We don't have to worry about Rashid. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about Singapore here. Uh, Singapore top eight. I mean, this... So... To be fair, a lot of people did not travel to this event, so there was no Big Bird, there was no Angry Bird, uh, no Punk at the event, like no Knuckle Do, etc., etc. Not a lot of foreign players traveled to this event. In fact, Mena RD, probably the only like really premier player who made it out here. Uh, obviously, some other Western players made it out there, like Xian Cheng, who you cannot discount as well, because Xian Cheng has been a amazing Street Fighter player since the inception of Street Fighter, practically. But uh, what we had was a very interesting top eight, one that probably was very, very unexpected. Uh, let me get the list of players here for you. Uh, uh, sorry, I should have had this up here already. Um, to, 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 the reason why I didn't have this, uh, let's see, uh, cap, uh, street fighter, fighter six. There we go. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, the top eight and spoilers, if you haven't seen it, sorry, but I'm just going to let you know who the top eight were, uh, in seventh place. Uh, oh, was it airport troubles that caused Mr. Crimson and ending Walker not be able to make it that's really sad that's really uh disappointing ah oh, that's that's sad to hear uh but seventh place was fujimura and hot dog 29 hot dog from hong kong of course fujimura from uh japan one of the best fighting game players uh from japan so no shocks there nauman in fifth place uh, Naoman, of course, won the last offline Evo Japan. I'm sorry, the second to last Evo uh, offline Japan. Wow. Evo Japan offline. Offline Evo Japan. <laughs> Boy, I cannot talk right now. Uh, the last uh, offline Evo Japan before the pandemic with Sakura in Street Fighter V. Uh, really cementing himself as one of the strongest there. Uh, but interestingly enough, tied for fifth was Kakeru. The JP player that obviously is the, one of the scariest one gamers eight, just amazing player. Uh, so that might be considered one of the bigger upsets of him getting fifth place. Fourth place was Mena RD. So shout outs to uh, Mena RD uh, for I mean if yeah I got <laughs> Kakaru sent Mena to losers, but <laughs> Mena RD ended up finishing at a higher spot. Uh, Moke, interestingly enough, with uh, Chun-Li in third place. Moke, uh, of course, a strong Rashid player from the Street Fighter V days. Uh, also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, like won the uh, last chance qualifier one year for Capcom Cup. Um, second place was Chris Wong from Hong Kong using Luke. Using Luke. And then first place was Red Bull's Gotcha-kun with Rashid. 
coming out of nowhere to uh, basically take it with a character that a lot of people haven't been talking about. Now, granted, I'm not going to say people thought Rashid wasn't viable. Most people were like, yeah, Rashid's pretty strong, but he's got weaknesses. And uh, Gachikun came here and ended up winning with the Rashid. And, you know, the curious, the curious question is, is it because a lot of people just kind of stopped paying attention to this character, right? Even to the point where um, uh, Big Bird afterwards tweeted out, he was like, I have 10 characters better than Rashid. I only have Rashid and only have Rashid in A+. And so he's uh, like, I have 10 characters above him. Was I wrong? And the, the crazy thing about it is uh, there's really nothing that he got wrong about that. I, in fact, I'm not convinced Rashid is stronger than where we've all been putting him in that kind of mid, you know, uh, just outside, just inside top 10 range, you know. But this is the important thing to discuss here. Is the balance of Street Fighter VI perfect right now? Clearly not, right? I mean, we just look at the data. We'll look at the data in a second here. Balance is clearly not like the, the best, right? Uh, but it is still probably one of the best for fighting games that we've seen. And that's the one thing that we need to establish here uh, is that, you know, for a launch game, <laughs> uh, I think that this is pretty much uh, one of the most balanced games of all time. And that's not to say there aren't some characters who are super strong. Which characters are super strong? Well, I've always rated Ken, Luke, and JP as the top three. And at this point in time, I don't think anybody can argue with that. And in fact, I don't think anybody is wrong in how you order these three characters. But clearly, these are the three strongest characters right now, as evidenced by... Data! Here we go. So I'm going to show you guys some data over here. We're going to look at the top 64 stats here, and something stands out right away, right? Clearly, clearly the strongest characters right now are Ken, JP, and Luke. And it really doesn't matter what order you put these characters in. These are the strongest characters in the game. Uh, Am I doing something wrong here? Why am I so off-centered over here? There we go. So clearly, <laughs> clearly Ken, JP, and Luke are the strongest characters in the game, right? I don't think anybody can really argue this at all whatsoever. Uh, top Japanese players think she's top three. Well, here's the thing. Almost everybody who has rated Chun-Li has always just been like, yeah, she's probably really good and we're waiting for someone to prove how strong she is. Well, six Chun-Li's here. Clearly this character is extremely strong, but she's really, really tough to use. She's, uh, she's very, very difficult and requires a lot of good execution and stuff. But... We'll get to Chun-Li in a second, but clearly these three are the strongest characters in the game. So like I said, I've personally put Ken, Luke, and then JP. Just because I think JP has more bad matchups than Ken and Luke have. Like, Ken and Luke, I don't feel like have a bad matchup, right? JP can be fought by some, some characters. And when I say JP has bad matchups, I mean they go even with JP, right? Like... <laughs> They, they can fight JP, right? There are characters who can kind of fight him, but I feel like Ken and Luke are just like, 
super solid. But here's the thing, that's my logic to this. And that's also because I play Kimberly, one of the characters who can actually fight JP, right? Now, if I was using one of the other characters that just gets completely destroyed by JP, I'm sure I'd have JP all the way up at the top as well. It just so happens I have a character that can fight him, whereas my character gets completely mauled by Ken and Luke. So clearly this is how I've set it up. But this is, without a doubt, the top three in a game. Top three in the game. Like, there's just no question at this point in time. I think if you think that any of these characters is not top three, you're almost objectively wrong at this point. But the most important thing to note here though is that because these characters are top tier, we're in a game that is so well balanced that when you look at a stat like this for top 64 and you see 10 players for Ken, JP, and Luke, you're like, this game is not balanced at all. This is the incorrect way to look at this. This is a very bad way to look at this. This is a very myopic view looking at the top 64. Because what you actually see down here, while the other characters are all very much less used, of course, in any game that you play, the top tier characters are going to represent the majority of characters played in a top 64 environment. Because, as I've said in a previous episode, these three characters, Ken, JP, and Luke, will indeed carry some players. But that doesn't mean that all these other characters can't be played to the same level that the experts of Ken, JP, and Luke can play these characters. Because as we go through this data, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to these numbers as we go. Chun-Li, obviously very strong. DJ strong. Marisa strong. Really cool to see three Kimberleys. I've said it this whole time. Kimberly is completely underrated. As a Kimberly player, I thought she was much stronger than, she, than, than people report. But again, hard to take this list and really use this as any sort of proof, right? Because as we go down the list here, we also see th this is probably these two right here. Guile and jury and even the dalsam here are probably the biggest outliers here of what i would have expected from a top 64 like guile only having one representative jury only having 1.5 representatives whoa i sorted this incorrectly uh, boom, there we go. And then Dalsum only having one half of a player. And also this one too. Cami only having two representatives is pretty crazy as well. Cami and Jury are always in the running right now for who, which, which player base thinks is actually worse. Cami's way better than Jury. Jury's way better than Cami. You know, you're, you're basically in that kind of a section here where those two are fighting. And clearly, Jury and Cami are not characters who can carry, right? Again, I really do think Punk makes Cami look way stronger than Cami actually is. But the main thing to note here is that by the time, uh, so half basically means, so for example, Blanca's at 2.5. Mena RD played Luke and Blanca. He switched between the two. And so based on the data that I saw, uh, I count them as 0.5 each. Pugera, for example, played Lily and uh, Jury. So he counts as the 0.5 for both of those characters uh, 
at this point. So uh, it's not even necessarily in the first of two. It means that during the course of the top 64, they played these characters. I mean, it makes sense to me. I think DJ stronger than Jury, to be honest with you. But again, looking at this and saying clearly this game is unbalanced. Ken, JP, and Luke are too strong. They are the best characters in the game. They need to be nerfed. Again, these characters will carry you. These characters will 100% carry you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to dominate, right? Sagat in Street Fighter 4 carried a lot of players. Sagat never dominated Street Fighter 4. At no point during the first season of Street Fighter 4 did Sagat dominate. And in fact, seeing, uh, you know, Kakaru win with JP, you know, by history standard is probably an outlier kind of uh, situation here. Yeah, and Lily's moved up. There's two Zangiefs here. And by the way, I've been playing a lot of Zangief online recently, and I really am starting to enjoy him a lot more. I don't think he's great, but it's clear that in this game, what the craziest part is, you'll notice a name missing from this list, which is Manon. Of course, uh, a lot of people have noted that Ryu is not here either. But Manon, God, is she the worst character in the game now? <laughs> is she the worst character in the game? <laughs> I don't know. And so, you know, uh, but Stuff asks, uh, so you don't think uh, JP or Ken or Luke should be nerfed? Tiny bit. Like, if I was going to nerf all three of those characters, it would be so minute. It would be so minute things that I would change. So, for example, for Ken, I would just make it so a standing heavy punch was minus five on block. So, on drive rush, he was actually uh, minus one on block with the, with the drive rush heavy punch, for example. Or I would make it that he can't do the side switch dragon lash off of the run unless he used, uh, like, only OD dragon lash side switches or something like that. But I only do one. JP probably nerfed some thing to amnesia a little bit but on the other hand i would buff everybody else a tiny bit i would buff everybody else a tiny bit because uh and only a tiny bit because doing that would automatically make them very competitive like kimberly for example you just give her oddp back she's right back in the mix with everybody right just like instantaneously she's right in there but let's start taking a look at this. Okay, so like I said, here's some interesting stats over here. Let's actually start whittling this down here uh, at this point. So, uh, do, 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 do. oh, now we're at top 32. And I want to show you the precipitous drop of Ken and Luke players. <laughs> All right, so JP clearly for a lot of people is the best character in the game, and this is good proof why. But look at what happens to Ken and Luke here. Look what happens to Ken and Luke as soon as we go from 64 to 32. So when we cut half the field again, while Luke and Ken are strong and are clearly top three and can carry a lot of players, being carried doesn't necessarily mean you are fundamentally as solid as a lot of other people. And a lot of people are very good at fighting them now. And so literally Ken and Luke drop from uh, 10, 10 players to basically three players. <laughs> like seven, like they lost 70% of their players in transitioning 
for from top 64 to 32. And instantaneously, as you can see here, the list all of a sudden looks super balanced for everybody except for JB. <laughs> JB is clearly still here extremely, extremely very strong. And if we look at this list over here, we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 characters here. And as soon as we jump to 32, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 players, characters. We only lost Jamie. <laughs> we only lost Jamie. We went from 17 characters in the top 64 to 16 characters in the top 32. This is so impressive. <laughs> For a six-month-old game <laughs> that has had no balance patches. This is wild, dude. This is absolutely wild that we went from this to this. And literally the majority of the characters we lost, like 14 of the 32 characters we lost were from Luke and Ken. <laughs> Right? So again, even though these four characters here take up the bulk, so here we, if we count this as 10, 10, 10, and 6, it's 36 representation of top 64. That's over half of the cast, right? And then now all of a sudden that drops to, we'll say, 3, 3, 6, and 3. So that's what? 12, right? Now all of a sudden that's less than half of the representation of top 32. Like, we went from over 50% in top 64 to less than 50%, 12 out of 32 here. In Oh, I'm sorry, not 12. That's uh, 19. Okay, so it's still over half. It, uh, 15, 15, 15. Let me do maths correctly here. It's 15 out of 16. So it went from over 50% to just under 50%. So, do you think the game desperately needs a balance patch? This game is getting stale and boring for both players and spectators. Uh, Song Hung, I don't, I don't think it requires a balance patch right now, and I don't think the game is particularly stale or boring. This is just what happens to fighting games, right? Like everybody, like once you get six months into a game, like it just gets this way, and like I'm still having a blast. Because, again, I've, I've lived through eras where games are considerably more stale and boring and horrible balanced, horribly balanced than this. And we all stuck with those games. Uh, I am still having so much fun with this game uh, right now. The, the only reason why people are finding it stale and boring is because this is just what happens to video games. This is just what happens when people play and they start for example, having trouble winning or the characters that they hate the most are consistently placing well in tournaments, right? If you absolutely hate JP, you look at this and you're like, this is the most absolute boring, unbalanced game ever. You just keep fighting Ken, Luke, JP, Cammy in every rank match. So I'll agree with Ken. <laughs> I don't fight that many JPs, interesting enough, but Ken is everywhere, and I freaking hate Ken, okay? <laughs> I hate Ken <laughs> so much. Oh my god, do I hate Ken. But again, like, for me, I'm still really, really enjoying this game. Uh, I think it's really, really 
balance. It's really fun. And, and again, you know, we're in an interesting environment these days. You know, it's very esportsy. So, you know, a lot of people, like with a million dollars on the line, there's going to be a lot more scrutiny. Right. Oh, God, not as much as Sabretooth. No, my hatred of Ken in Street Fighter Six is minute compared to how much I hate Sabretooth in X-Men versus Street Fighter. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> uh, but uh, point being is that, um, you know, the esports environment changes things a lot, a lot. Honestly, it, it, you know, a lot of the players are going to be a little more uh, loud about the frustrations. Right. The reason why we could play a CVS one or a Super Turbo or even a third strike and just kind of accept the fact that Yun, Ken and Chun just kills everybody in third strike because there wasn't a million dollars on the line, right? Like in the end, you're playing a tournament for a, for if you're lucky, a hundred dollars, and it was just like whatever. I'll play Q just because I'm just having fun, right? As soon as you throw a million dollars on the line, you know it, it changes a lot of things. But I really don't think the game is boring nor stale at this point and that's kind of what i'm trying to prove with these numbers over here because again we go from a situation where it looks like it's horribly unbalanced and then instantly jump to a situation where 16 16 of the character 15 of the what 19 20 15 of the 20 characters in the game have a representation of at least half a player up to uh up to three three players like that's actually strangely <laughs> balanced this is ridiculous actually so again when you look at the top 64 numbers it tells you one story but if you look at what happens in top 32 it's a completely different story and so now if we jump to top 16 what interestingly happens over here so again luke ken jp clearly like just completely dominating we go from six Chun Li's to three Chun Li's, and then the top 16, <laughs> three Chun Li's. So even the JP's now precipitously drop off. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Mena RD was playing Blanca and Luke. So he was playing both characters. But the JP's now drop off. So while JP might carry a little bit harder for, than Ken and Luke which might make him number one in the game. Like I said, I have number three, but he might be number one. Nobody is right. Nobody is wrong on this assessment here. But as soon as we get to top 16, JP drops down to the same number of players as Chun-Li. So if I didn't show you these, four, these two brackets over here, are we going to talk about Chun-Li as the best character in the game now? Are we going to talk about Chun-Li as top five? Clearly, as someone mentioned in the chat, that... Uh, Japan thinks she's top five now. This is certainly good reason to believe so. She has more players than uh, Ken and Luke combined. <laughs> oh, no, not quite. Quite. No, I'm sorry. That's 3.5 and 3. Sorry. I can't do math today for some reason. Uh, but yeah, she's right up there with Ken and Luke combined, basically. And then we have um, a Kim, a Marisa, a Rashid, and half the Blanca still left, right? And still two DJs here. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine characters. So we went from six, 16 characters to nine, which makes sense because there's only 16 spots to uh, fill over here. So, yeah, Making Mary actually brings a really good point. And maybe we can talk about modern classic tier lists as well. 
Uh, right now, the tier lists are horribly inaccurate because we are only counting classic characters. We should be ranking modern characters in there as well because it definitely changes some characters enough uh, that it makes them uh, different tiers. So it is something that we have to adjust. Uh, someone on YouTube mentioned that and like, are we making a mistake by not counting them as separate you know, tiers? And I was like, yeah, we are. We are definitely doing that. But in most cases, the modern version is going to be a worse version than the classic version. There's a few cases where obviously that's not true, right? So that's something that we have to look at for sure. So this is the top 16 over here. Suddenly things are shifting here very drastically and the numbers are changing very much. I mean, the fact that we even have a Kim player up here in top 16 is pretty crazy considering many people have ranked Kim like bottom five, bottom four, right? Clearly that's not the case here. Uh, she's, very, she's very capable of winning for sure. But this is where things start to get interesting because now we just go to the top eight. And so this is the final stat that I have here. I mean, this is what's interesting here is both of the Kens survived. Both of the Kens survived, right? Uh, one of the Lukes dropped off. But as you can see here, JP now only has one representative. So from top 64 to top one to top eight. So if you actually take and count all of these three as 10 players, JP is actually the one that ends up with the least in top, in top eight. And again, remember the JP player. Oh yeah, that's true. The, the Marisa player is Shuto. But keep in mind, uh, Julio, um, uh, it's half modern, half classic. Shuto is crazy enough that he can switch between classic and modern. I have no idea how his brain processes that. More power to Shuto, but he switches back and forth depending on the matchup. It is wild. Like, how do you even do... I can't even go from Alpha 1, uh, Alpha 2 Ryu to Alpha 3 Ryu. Like, I can't even do that because they look the same. Like, literally, you're playing the same character in one game with, with two different control schemes, dude. Uh, Making Mary says it's doable. I switched to modern on my Steam Deck and classic on PC, but I'll admit I'm bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, my muscle memory is crazy. Yeah, how do you even think of doing that? Oh, man. But again, looking at these stats and everything is really crazy. And so, again, we went from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine characters in top 16 to seven characters in top eight. So if the game were as unbalanced as we all thought it would be, we would expect top eight to be Ken, Ken, Luke, Luke, JP, 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 right? The way that people talk about this game is like that. And again, if you look at most third strike tournaments that are actually like two out of three and three out of five that are not like co-op cup, which is one out of one V one, one, one and done kind of things like that. That's what you see in Third Strike. It's just like Chan Chan, Yan Yan Yan, Ken Ken. Like, er, like the, most of the tournaments, I did a whole uh, checking of Evo results from the past uh, a long time ago, and it's literally like Ken Ken, Yan Chan Chan, Yan Chan, Ken Yan Chan, Ken Yan Yan Chan, Ken Ken. You know, so it's like, it's crazy. But in this situation here, we have a Chun Li, we have a DJ, we have a Rashid, and really, if you count 
Mena RD as Blanca. Like, let's just let's just throw diversity a bone and count Blanca as one and Luke as one. Ken is the only repeat character. But I also want to point out to you, both Kens, a.k.a. Fujimura and Nauman, finished in the bottom half of top four. So actually, let's, let's just do this for fun here. Let's just do this for fun here. Let's actually count the top four over here. Uh, uh, and then Blanca. Curiouser and curiouser is all I can say here, right? <laughs> In the top four, the only character of all those characters of Ken, Luke, and JP that remains is Luke. Luke is the only one that's left. JP and Ken are gone <laughs> at this point. And the and tournament ends up being won by a Rashid. And so basically me studying this whole entire list here, looking at these numbers here and kind of processing it in my brain, uh, for me, honestly, this is like people sit here and talk about and joke about how unbalanced this game is. But clearly this data is uh, shows very much otherwise, right? Yes, top 64 is very, very skewed. Like I said, over half the players were, and actually, uh, if you don't count Chun-Li, then uh, 30 of the 64 players were using <laughs> three characters. But again, that's going to happen at when you're still at 64. Strong characters, the top tier, the best characters in the game, will definitely dominate uh, in those situations, but the reason why it's interesting to think about these numbers here, right? And the reason why you can't just say, oh, let's look at the top 64 and automatically assume that uh, this game is horribly imbalanced because of those three characters up there. When you're a top tier character, you also have more people who play you. You have more people who are using you. And so the fact that there's 10 of each of these here and let's say uh, two camis, what if in the tournament there was like 300 entrants but the number of Ken players was five times more than the number of cami entrants total? If that's the case and cami then and cami and Ken's remained at a one to five ratio from full tournament to top 64, you know, does that necessarily mean that these three characters are super broken? Like I said in the previous episode where I talked about do top tiers carry players, they do carry players. So a lot of people are actually going to be playing these characters because they, 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 they help. But at the highest levels, does it matter enough? And that is what we are concerned about, right? Obviously, from a casual standpoint, when we're playing ranked online, when we're play, you know, doing that kind of things, it's annoying if you're fighting all sorts of Kens and JPs and Lukes all day. But from a tournament standpoint, if this is what we end up with in a top eight, isn't this really good? <laughs> This is really strong.
And this is my point is that, and I said this to Big Bird when he was like, was I wrong about Rashid? I literally said, I think 15 characters in this game can legit win tournaments. I feel like 15 characters can legit win tournaments. Like, not just like, oh, Snake Eyes won with Zangief. I mean, like, reliably, if you play this character, you have a good chance of winning. <laughs> I, I really do. I really do think that uh, a lot of these characters can do it. Uh, so if I go down to the list of all the characters here, obviously, Ken, JP, Luke, Chun-Li, DJ, Marisa... Kim, I do think, Blanca, Rashid, Cami, uh, Jury, Guile, uh, Dalsum. So that's 13 characters right there that I've counted that I think can legit win tournaments. Uh, e Honda can probably do it. We just haven't gotten like a. I don't know, E Honda's weird. E Honda's a character that's kind of fallen off a little bit, which is really, really bizarre to me <laughs> at this point. Uh, but yeah, I mean like 13 characters I have listed there, maybe not quite absolutely 15. Uh, but Songhan says, did you, did you consider in top 64, those Ken, JP, Luke were the mostly eliminated by Ken, JP, and Luke? I mean, that also happens too. <laughs> that also, when you're the most used characters, you're going to run into mirror matches or, you know, you're going to end up fighting each other the most, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that is an interesting stat, though, and that is something that would be very interesting to look at. Uh, I would have to go and crunch the numbers and the data. I just don't have the time. I mean, I can't do that right now, but it would be really interesting to see how that happens. But still, I don't think that that necessarily means that, oh, they're clearly the best. Because again, even if they were eliminating each other in the top 64, they still didn't survive all the way down into the top eight right? They're still pretty much the same amount as everybody else. And when you get to the top four, Luke is the only one that's remaining, right? Oh, what's up, Tubo? Welcome back. Welcome back to the Tuesday for it was Tuesday. Uh, but again, yeah, Luke is the only one remaining. And so I really don't think that even if the Kens, Lukes, and JPs were eliminating each other, we would, if they were as strong as people say, we wouldn't actually think that they were over here. Yeah, I know. I haven't heard from Tubo in forever, dude. I hope you're doing well, dude. And I uh, hope things are going well for you. But uh, this is the situation that we have here. This is the situation we have. And like I said, to me, what this means is that this game is extremely balanced and most characters have the ability to win, even to the point where Hibiki could win with Lily and Snake Eyes could win with Zangief. Are they reliable to win tournaments? Probably not. Uh, but don't you think if they buffed the lower tier characters that would see we would see more diversity in tournaments in general versus mostly JPs and Kens? Oh yeah, 100% Ramon. I'm not saying that we shouldn't change the balance right now. I'm not saying that some of these characters don't need buffs a lot of these characters need buffs okay a lot of these characters need buffs but when people say that this game is extremely unbalanced so that jp and ken are broken etc etc i'm what my argument is that's just objectively false because <laughs> they're clearly not broken and a lot of times players just don't have the research 
and knowledge on how to fight the characters. So for example, I jokingly told a brand new Ken player who wandered into my stream that he could get to Diamond by doing Crouch Medium Kick, Medium Jinrai into the Light Kick follow-up and just keep doing that and everyone will die. And what you'll notice is that at the highest levels, most Kens never abuse Medium Jinrai because there's a lot of weaknesses to it, right? And a lot of people just don't know. They just didn't research. When I did the JP versus uh, Snake Eyes, Reynold versus Snake Eyes analysis, I had some people literally in the YouTube comments were like, I didn't know how to fight JP. After watching this video, I've been able to fight JP better. You know, that's the whole entire thing. So uh, it's so important. God, why don't I not see your Facebook posts, Tubo? Like, stupid Facebook algorithm has just makes it so that I don't see anybody. And it's, it's so weird. I'll, I'll go and look it up myself as well. So, um, but yeah, that's the thing, right? So, um yeah, I know. I'm going to have to search for I have to search for his profile, like some of his posts. Like I wouldn't have even known that Tubo was posting on Facebook, right? I would have just assumed he was one of the people that abandoned Facebook. Uh, I wouldn't have even have known if he didn't say anything over here because the Facebook algorithm is really really stupid. Uh but in any case, uh I really uh me. Uh yeah, I would hope I survived that, Tubo. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Ramon says, I do agree knowing matchups is key in SF6, but I guess most people take the easier route to, they default to Ken and JP. Yeah, like I said, these characters carry, right? And so when I tell Ken players and JP characters that the character carries them, I'm not trying to say they're scrubby and I'm not trying to insult them. It's just, that's just the nature of being a top tier character. But again, they are very beatable top-tier characters. Very, very, very beatable top-tier characters. And like I said, we see this Chun-Li sitting here. We see this Rashid winning the tournament here. It's very... It's very interesting to see, right? The fact that Rashid won this tournament is such a, 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 a comment here because, again... A lot of people probably didn't study the Rashid matchup that much. A lot of people probably wrote that character off. It's weirdly enough, a lot of people didn't play him. Be, and, I, and I blame the release timing because no one wanted to use him because Evo was right around the corner. Aki came out at a time when people were more willing to experiment. Plus, I think everybody was just extremely fascinated by Aki. Uh, Daigo has apparently come out and said that Aki is completely uh, unplayable. <laughs> Uh, that Aki has become complete is like unplayable and cannot win at all. I don't agree with that. I don't think Aki's great, but I do enjoy using her. Um, so there has no tentative release date for any sort of patch. Thank you, the guy, D guy forever, uh, the guy forever. Uh, thank you for the sub. But they've said that they were only going to balance the games once a year. Uh, it's really interesting uh, that they said that. I don't think that's enough. I think they should balance more often. Uh, six months even, if, if, if better. Uh, six months, I think, is the right way to do it, is the right timing for that. So, uh, yeah, they'll probably do it after Capcom Cup, to be honest with you. But I always feel like because Capcom Cup sometime in, is sometime in January, February, 
after Capcom Cup, after Evo, I think are the two times to balance the game. Uh, 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 in my opinion. In my opinion. So, uh, basically, all I'm trying to say is, and I forgot to change the topics over here. Basically, all I'm trying to say is that I don't think the game is as unbalanced as people say. And while it is annoying to fight JPs, Kens, and Lukes, the most annoying K JP, Kens, and Lukes are going to be the good <laughs> the players who specialize in them, right? So if we actually look at this list over here of the players, like let's say Chris Wong, Mena RD, obviously extremely strong Luke, you know, experts. Like these are players that you got to watch out for. For Ken it, in top eight, it's Nauman and Fujimura. Like I said, two of the best players of all time. Uh, from Japan, or Nauman is on the is on the come up, I should basically say, and then uh, Seo, uh, who was an amazing JP player, VX Bao, who we've seen as an amazing player, Aqua. Uh, I don't know as much about Aqua personally, uh, but we've definitely seen his name for quite some time. But interestingly enough, in the uh, is that actually true here in the eight between eight and sixteen. Luke and Ken, yeah, Luke and Ken did not have any representation in 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 places nine through sixteen at all. <laughs> they, they didn't exist in that rank. And so when we actually get to the top thirty-two, we have NL using Luke, we have Daigo using Ken, we have Fenrich using JP. We have ZJZ using JP. We have Xiao Hai using Ken and JP. We have DCQ using JP. This is the top 32. Like, none of those players, you're like, wow, these guys got carried by their character. Like, you look at those names and you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And so when you're in top 32, I just feel like uh, it worked out. Uh, factory worker one, I did get enough donations for CTWC. I did. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. I'm not going to argue if anyone wants to donate more, but I'm not directly asking for more right now. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, uh, but then even when you get to the top 32, it's like Tokido and Ata using Ken, Oil King using Ken, Noble, Noble using Luke. Uh, Mind RPG using Luke, like a lot of these players. Nemo using JP, like these are world class players using these characters, and they're not making it past the round of 32. They didn't get into the round of 32. Tokido Ken, Oil King Ken, Nemo JP did not make it into the top 32. And so if these characters are clearly as broken as people say they are, like in the hands of a Tokido Nemo, like you can't, like how do you even beat them at all? I really honestly think Kakeru makes JP look stronger than JP actually is. It's wild to say that. Basically, he makes JP look S plus when JP is just S, okay? But, like, it's wild. But I really think Kakeru is just an exceptional player. 
I really think he's just an exceptional player at this point. He is one of those guys who has just things are clicking for him, and he makes JP look clearly, extremely, unsufferingly broken. But he lost to a Chun-Li. <laughs> he lost to a Chun-Li, a character that people purportedly say has no throw loops. <laughs> so again... I just, I, I think, you know, as like I said down here, what we can learn from the Singapore results, I really think that this game is just really, really balanced, right? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. To again, that's kind of my point, right? Clearly, uh, Nemo and Tokido on another day, if we ran the exact same bracket, would make it into top 32. But my point being is that even somebody like Tokido using Ken, even somebody like Nemo using JP, the characters aren't strong enough to carry them to the point where they can they get to the top eight for free, basically. They could have lost to the mirror. Actually, let's actually try to find out who these guys lost to here. Singapore, there we go, October 32nd, bracket completed, let's go over here, let's take a look at the top 60, actually no, I want to do, uh, I want to do the top 64 is what I want to look at here, so let's take a look at the pools over here, where is Tokido and where is uh, if I can find him, let's see, Tokido, Tokido is not in this one, oh my god, uh, Nemo lost to a Chun, huh, okay, okay, so let's see here, Tokido lost to Luke in winner's side, so Tokido lost to Luke, and then he lost to Shaohai, who was a Ken slash JP. So for sure, they lost to themselves. And like I said, with them being the, one of the most uh, used characters, that's going to happen for sure. Uh, but again, most importantly to note about this is that uh, Shaohai and Chris Wong, Chris Wong who got second place, like that's not like you can say that Tokido got randomed out by these characters right clearly that's not the case here those are all very very strong players uh is he in pool four let's see where is nemo 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 why can't i find nemo at all is his name listed in japanese or something like that and i'm just missing it over here uh all right i'm gonna have to do the search thing here so Nemo, he was in pool three. Okay, I just missed his name over here. Okay, so Nemo lost to, I don't know who this is. <laughs> finding, finding Nemo. Well played. Well played, everybody. Well played. So he lost to Japanese player. I don't know who this is. I really actually have no idea who this is because his name is listed in Japanese. So I, I can't tell you, unfortunately. Uh, can anybody tell me who this name is over here? Uh, J-I-G, this dude. Who is this dude over here? Anybody who can read Japanese in the chat? Anybody who can read Japanese? I don't know who that is. 
Uh, Kishidi. Okay, Kishidi. Who does Kishidi use? Who does Kishidi play? Uh, if somebody can remind me, that is not a player that I am as familiar with. Um. So he lost the Kishidi, and then uh, Nemo came down here to the losers bracket. Where did he go? He's B here. So he lost here. So he would jump up. She would jump down here. And then he lost to Yanai. Yanai. So uh, according to this, let's see if I can find who these players use. Yanai used Marisa. So Yanai uses Marisa. Marisa beat Nemo's JP. And uh, Kishiri got to ninth place with Chun-Li. So Kishiri got to ninth place with Chun-Li. And Yanai got to uh, 25th place. Or I should say uh, 30, yeah, 25th place with Marisa. Uh, with Marisa. So <laughs> sounds like Akila. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Namo's JP lost to a Marisa and a Chun-Li. So, you know, again, the point being is that these top tier characters are clearly not carrying anybody, uh, past, uh, are not carrying people, uh, beyond, you know, what it feels like they should be doing, right? I mean, losing to a Marisa and a, and a Chun-Li uh, says something there, right? So about the balance of the game again. So that's kind of my main my main point here is that I don't feel like these characters are they're going to carry a lot of people into top sixty four environments in large tournaments like this for sure. But in the end, at the highest level, I feel like like I said, I named thirteen out of the twenty characters who I feel like can legit win a tournament. Like reliably, like like it's just not like a a a a, a matter of luck, right? Uh, even if you take someone like Kimberly out of there, but see, I think that's a mistake because I totally think Kimberly is better than most people are saying she is. Uh, some of the stuff I'm finding with Kimberly is ridiculous. Uh, I'm just not as good enough to uh, to because I die in the corner really badly, and I keep getting shimmied all day. Uh, but again, Ken, JP, Luke, Chun-Li, DJ, Marisa, Kim, I really do honestly think, Blanca, Rashid, Cami, uh, I do, Guile, Dalsam, and, uh, Jury, like, those 13, I don't think anybody can, uh, I don't think anybody can argue those 13 characters can clearly win a tournament very easily so who are the characters who are not inside that list right if we actually list the characters who we feel like can't necessarily uh win a tournament easily right now which is crazy because zangief has won a tournament lily has won a stacked tournament uh so it's not like these characters are extremely bad at this point but there should be seven characters that I did not list because there's 20 characters right now. We started with 18. We've got two DLC. So it's E Honda, Zangief, Lily, Aki, Jamie, Ryu, and Manon. Those are the characters right now that that uh, I can't confidently say, you know, if you play them, you know, <laughs> you're not going to have to work a lot harder 
<laughs> uh, than the other characters there. But that's it right there. That's it's just those seven characters. Aki is still really new. I just, the free fall that Manon has had is ridiculous, dude. Like I I, I would say in the history of Street Fighter Six, Manon is the character that has the most precipitous fall uh, out of everyone. Yeah, Ryu is very depressing. <laughs> Ryu needs to be better. <laughs> Ryu needs to be better for sure. And you know what? Like honestly, if you took Cam, if you took a Punk and Hurricane away, like has Cammy been winning all that much? It's like I said, my argument that Cammy is not even remotely top tier is the fact that Xiaohai will not play Cammy. <laughs> Xiaohai, he's used Jury, <laughs> he's used Ken, and now he uses JP. But the one character he won't play is Cammy. <laughs> and if Xiaohai is not playing the character, that character is not top tier. I'm sorry. That's just how it goes. Um, so, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I love to see this. And I think everybody who thinks that the game is stale now... And like I said, maybe it's a little different in the rank situation because, again, those characters are going to carry a lot of players and in rank, so you're going to run into Kens and Lukes and JPs all the day. And while I definitely hate... Oh, yeah, 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 no. The fact that, I mean, look, Xiaohai uh, is a tier is a tier lover. Um, Mago is a tier lover. A lot of these guys are tier... I mean, even Tokido, right? Like, Tokido keeps switching between who he thinks is really top tier. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that so um but uh again I, the game is just in such a wonderful state you know and it's again it's easy to see me as just being like oh shut up james you're in the game you're biased whatever blah 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 but like with my extensive history in fighting games and having seen so many different fighting games this is the most balanced launch fighting game that I have ever seen ever seen in my life. Like honestly, this is the most balanced launched fighter I have ever seen. You can't even compare. Like there's no other game that on launch was this balanced. Just there just wasn't. Right? And that's the thing. So uh cuz cuz honestly like if you look at uh, a, a lot of other balanced fighting games like Hyper Fighting, that wasn't a launch game. They had a lot of information to go through it. So uh, I'm not sure what your question is about balanced, the Rude Society, unless you really just believe the game isn't balanced or you don't know what I mean by balanced. Um, but I really do think this game is super balanced, honestly. So <laughs> yeah it's true hyper fighting isn't even really balanced uh to be honest it's true it's true <laughs> oh man but that's kind of what i wanted to say about the singapore tournament and again <laughs> now everyone's gonna have to start labbing rashid now and uh while i do really want to analyze uh uh, gotcha Kun's matches to see what he's doing with Rashid to beat a lot of people. Uh, be, I, obviously, the discussion is about JP, Ken, and Luke. So if you look up here, I'm going to do a match analysis from the game. 
And so uh, we're going to do that. So if you guys are watching this on YouTube here, uh, look for the video where I do a match analysis between Moke and Kakeru. Because again, Kakeru is just ridiculous. And so, uh, oh, I don't think it's fully balanced. Yeah, of course it's not fully balanced. But it is clearly one of the most balanced fighting games on launch ever. Like, am I going to say Zangief, Lily, Manon, Ryu don't need buffs? Of course they need buffs. Clearly they need buffs. But again, <laughs> Hibiki won with Lily in a big stacked Japanese tournament. Snake Eyes won with Zangief in a big stacked tournament. These bad characters are literally like A tier, A minus tier, maybe B plus tier. Like the worst you can get is like B plus at this point. The characters are, it's just, it's it, like, yes, JP, Luke, and Ken are the three strongest characters in the game, but they're not so strong that they're going to dominate every single tournament. You know, like I said, a Rashid one over here. And so uh, it's, it's just, it's, the game is in such a great state, uh, in my opinion. So some people are saying stronger, Zangief is stronger than what most people give credit for. Right. People say that about Lily. Lily is moving up in Japan's tier list as well. The only character that keeps dropping is Manon. <laughs> uh, Snake Eyes won of the U.S. West CPT online qualifier that had JP and Nephew and Chris ECH and all these other people there. The only person that was missing from that was Chris T because he just missed it. But that was a pretty freaking stacked tournament. So, yeah, I mean, the only character that has just been precipitously dropping is Manon right now. So, uh, yeah, when people thought Manon's medals were so OP, dude, yeah. Dude, she just fell off, dude. It's it's wild. And and even then, like, Idom is still doing decently with her. Although, as if people watched the, the, the World Warrior yesterday, come on, Idom, please switch to Marisa. Please switch to Marisa. <laughs> JP is a problem, but is he really a problem? Or do people not know how to fight JP as well? And that's my point, is that I think Kakeru actually makes JP look stronger than he really actually is. That's why I have JP as third best in the game. A lot of people tell me that, you know, he's the best in the game. But again, I'm biased because I use Kim and Kim can fight JP. So it's never been that much of a problem. But honestly, I don't think JP is super broken. He's super annoying if you don't know how to fight him. But like I said, when I did the Snake Eyes versus Reynold analysis and I was like, your time to move is after you block ground spike. Right? A lot of players don't understand that when they fight JP. They block a ghost and then they try to be active in that situation. After you block a ghost from JP, we'll talk about this more in the analysis. When you block a ghost from JP, start checking to see what the JP does. If he ground spikes, now is your time to move. If he does ghost into another ghost or in the portal, that's your notion now that you can actually move after you block a ghost. But by default, when you fight a JP, if you block an air spike, if you block a ghost, you stay put on the other side of the screen until you block the ground spike. The ground spike is the only weapon that JP has that hits you across the screen instantaneously. So the ground spike is the one that you have to be scared of. If you understand that, 
Then the, and then when you realize that ground spike is minus two for JP, after you block the ground spike, you can move for two frames before JP. He has to guess now whether you're gonna move forward or stay in place to throw another ground spike. If you dash into a ground spike, guess what? That's your fault, you were obvious, right? If you stay in place and he just keeps ground spiking you, that's your fault, you're being obvious. If you block a ground spike and then you mix up whether you try to move forward, stay in place, or delay anything like that, JP is guessing. When, he, when you block a ground spike, the next ground spike that JP throws out is a guess. If you are getting hit by the next ground spike, it is because you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Ground spike is where you become active. And if you don't understand that about JP, you can't fight JP. <laughs> if you're blocking portal spikes and ghosts all over the place and keep trying to move afterwards without any rhyme or reason, you block a ghost, you're getting hit by the ground spike. You block a portal spike, you get hit by the ground spike. Notice what the pattern that JP is doing. Every time you block something across the screen, JP has to guess what you're doing. If he does ghost in the ghost, he's guessing that you're staying in place because you're scared of the ground spike. So he's taking advantage of that. But then if you notice he keeps doing ghost in the ghost, now you can walk forward, jump over it. If he does ghost in the portal spike, do what Snake Eyes did. Every time Reynolds set up the portal, that just gave uh, Snake Eyes so much time to just walk halfway across the screen. <laughs> Like literally Randall lost because he kept activating portal spike and that's when snake eyes would use the time to just walk forward and get so much distance. There is so much, there is so much understanding on how to fight JP and that's the thing and I don't think a lot of people understand how to fight JP and so I've tried to teach people how to fight him. And uh, because they're not used to the kind of game that he plays, he does play a very unique game. So it's actually very difficult. Uh, I think the problem here is that people are looking at tier lists and they're going down to F, but they tend to bottom out B or C. They are all pretty similar uh, with, yeah, yeah, basically. It's, it's really, like I said, I think B plus is the worst that a character can get. Uh, is like Ken's light Jinrai, no one punish it because they are super scared of Ken? No, because nobody understands it. So Ken, the common one, is going to be crouch medium kick, medium Jinrai, light kick follow-up, okay? You cannot press a button in between the medium Jinrai and the light kick follow-up. If you do, you get counter hit, Ken gets standing light kick into dragon punch afterwards, which is super annoying because why does he get that? But here's the thing, a lot of people don't realize is that when you block the light kick follow-up at the very end, the low kick hit right there, when you block that move, Ken is minus five. The mistake that players try to make at this point in time, when you're fighting against the Ken player, they're always going to be doing crouching medium kick at max range into medium kick into light kick, so you can't punish it, even though it's minus five. Don't hit a light button after you block the, me the light follow-up. Hit a medium button. Like, seriously, play Ken, set Cammy to do a crouching medium kick after blocking three moves, and then walk up and do Ken and do crouching medium kick, do medium Jinrai, light follow-up, and see what you can do to Cammy's crouching medium kick. You can't do anything. <laughs> you can't. Like, you can't keep the pressure because Cammy's crouching medium is just going to stuff whatever you are because you're minus five. <laughs> If, if her crouching medium kick is eight frames, he's minus five. <laughs> he can't beat your eight frame crouching medium kick. 
right? And so you just have to understand these things, right? If you can recognize that Ken's going to do crouching medium kick, medium kick into the light kick follow-up, you can drive impact between crouching medium kick and medium jinrai. If you have an ODDP, as soon as you block crouching medium kick into medium kick jinrai, you can ODDP. And there is literally nothing Ken can do. There is literally nothing Ken can do. If you are if you are another Ken, if you are a Cami, if you are a Jury, and you have an ODDP, if you block crouching medium kick into medium kick Jinrai, if you ODDP right there, there is literally no way for Ken to escape that. It is a guaranteed punish. And so, like, these are the things that a lot of people don't learn. They don't understand because the Jinrai is so weird because there's the light version. There's the heavy version. And people get confused by that. And uh, But the thing is, most Ken players, they don't use those versions. The light Jinrai is super punishable. And he can't frame trap you with the light kick follow-up. If you block the light Jinrai, mash a four-frame button, you will punish him every single time. There is nothing he can do. The light kick follow-up is no longer a frame trap. If he does the heavy Jinrai, then heavy Jinrai into the light kick follow-up is a true block string. And he can't actually frame trap you there. So it's whatever. And again, if he starts to abuse the heavy Jinrai, that thing has like massive frames of startup. You just start learning to beat him for doing that, right? But again, this is basically how it works. You have to study it. You have to study it, honestly. So uh, James' explanation sounds so complicated, but fight against Yuri and Third Strike and all the scenarios that you have to learn in SF6 sounds simple. It's true. I think a lot of people feel like there's just too much work in dealing with Ken and JPs when using lower tier characters, making it too exhausting of an experience to go against them. Like, Geef getting in feels traumatic against JP. Yeah, no. I mean, that's the nature of using a lower tier character, right? I've always said tier list just tells you how hard you need to work and that maybe sometimes your losses are not your fault. That's just, it's just, it's just how it goes, right? And yeah, it is annoying because you fight them. But then again, all of these characters can definitely fight JP and Ken. Every one of them can fight JP and Ken. You know, but a lot of people just don't take the time to actually study it. Angry Bird made an anti-Ken YouTube video. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's not only low tier. Most of the roster struggle against Ken or JP. I, I see that I, I actually vehemently disagree with. I think most of the cast at intermediate levels struggle against Ken or JP. That's the problem right there. That's the problem. But at the highest levels, at the higher levels, when people know what's going on, you can fight them. That's the thing. But it just it takes research and it takes knowledge to be able to beat them. You have to understand what's going on. They're, they're very scientific characters. You can't just feel your way through those matches. You have to understand exactly uh, what's going on. So what if the tier list tells you that you have to work more than 24 hours a day? Then you don't use that character. <laughs> then you literally do not use that character. <laughs> and I will say there is no character like that in Street Fighter VI. There's literally no character like that in Street Fighter VI. Um, scrub killers. Yes, they're scrub killers. Absolutely. But how many people gets to high level? Not a lot. Not a lot by the percentage wise. But again, this will not be solved by a balanced game. 
that situation will not be solved by a balanced game. Even if Kimberly were a little bit stronger, even if Marisa was a little bit stronger, even if uh, Rashid was a little bit stronger, these players are still going to lose to JP and Ken. <laughs> They're still going to lose to them. A balanced game does not solve the intermediate problem of players not taking the time to research. That's, that's the point. That's kind of the point at this, uh, what I'm saying. If you need to be a high-level player to play against those characters, then it needs a balance fix, in my opinion. No, I, I disagree with that. And yeah, I, I know it sounds crazy because I'm a top player or whatever like that, and it's kind of really annoying to, to, to say something like that. But again, you don't have to be a high-level player to understand how to fight those characters. You can be intermediate and learn how to fight those characters. It's just the difference is that intermediate players don't take the extra step most of the time. That's, that's the thing, right? The intermediate players, it's not about the character, it's about the mentality. It's about the mindset. You don't call, you know, that, that's the thing. Like intermediate players is regardless of, of uh, which character they use. Because like somebody said, like Forrest says, intermediate Kens are going to get completely destroyed by JP. Like that just happens because they didn't take the time to study. Intermediate Lukes are going to get destroyed by Ken because they didn't study how to fight the Jinrai, right? And, and that's kind of how it works right there. Uh, you have to have the intermediate players is more of a mentality thing, right? And, and, and I don't think that you have to be high level to beat these things. You just have to be willing to do the research. Um, and it's tough. It's tough because it, it sounds very elitist of me. It sounds very elitist of me, and I totally get it. And keep in mind, I am one of those people out there who fight for beginners and stuff all the time, which is why I give these tips on how to fight these characters. I'm trying to help people as much as I can on how to fight these characters here. Um, that's, uh, but a lot of it is just going to come down to whether or not you want to take the time to learn how to fight them. Like this JP strategy of the ground spike thing was not something anybody told me. Nobody told me this. I figured it out on my own. Like I was like, I block a ghost. I try to do something. I got ground spiked. And I was like, shit, that's because he's like plus seven bazillion after I block a ghost from full screen. I literally can't do anything. I get it. And I was like, how minus is ground spike? Minus two. I was like, what? This thing should be minus six, at, if anything. I was like, what? But fine, it's minus two. Now I have the ability to move because he's. I am plus two in this situation. But, you know, uh, I figured it out, right? I took the time. And I, like I said, I'm not an expert player. I'm not, a, I'm not like tournament winning kind of player, especially at this point. But you just have to be willing to take the time to, to understand and, and research a little bit. And it is hard. Because a lot of times, a lot of us are playing this for fun. We're not here to do homework. We're not here to do research. We're not here to try to figure this shit out by ourselves. That's why guys like me exist. It's why guys like Angry Bird are putting out anti-Ken videos and stuff. People are trying, we're all trying our best to help educate people on how to fight these characters. Because you shouldn't have to, like, you shouldn't 
sit there and try to figure it out all day because honestly this is a hobby for a lot of you guys you're coming after work you're playing for fun you're not sitting here trying to grind it out for a million dollars uh in the end and such so you're just trying to shoot some hoops with friends kind of thing but then you go online and you die to a jpu who's just spiking you all day and you're like this is the stupidest thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> And yeah, it, it happens. And so we're trying our best to educate people out there. So the, an the other answer besides figure it out, take the time to research is go ask people. Try to ask people, like, come to my stream and ask me, how do I fight this character? Hey, James, how do I do this? Like, what's the strategy to this? Uh, yeah, some people like Vang Horn in the chat says he loves the lab. There are people who love the lab and there are a lot of people who really fucking hate labbing. <laughs> It's like Vi said when destroyed Knuckle doing Evo with Blanca in Street Fighter. Our kids today don't study the game. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people prefer playing the diva characters versus you actually have to work. Uh, people already know how stressful attorneys are. Why add more to your stress by using a lower tier character? Your thoughts? Yeah, 100% agreed. 100 when I played Ken on, on uh, Ranked. <laughs> for that brief period and only lost one set in diamond <laughs> i was just like the power the power it felt so good it was like i need to win how am i gonna win oh i'll just do this and then i won like dude ken Holy crap. I mean, we interviewed yesterday, we interviewed uh, 801 Strider, and I asked him about switching from Manon to Marisa, and he was like, it's like I'm playing a different game. He's like, I'm not even playing the same game anymore. I'm completely playing a different game. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, people want to play stronger characters. Absolutely. Uh, why add more stress to by using lower tier characters? Like I said, tier lists are there to tell you how much extra work you're going to have to put in and how many times you're going to have to uh, outguess your opponent. 801 Strider said that exact same thing. It's like with Manon, I had to outplay my opponent like four to five times around when they only had to outplay me like maybe one or twice around, right? And that's that's a factor it's absolutely a factor again i'm not saying that everybody in street fighter 6 is the same tier i 100 percent acknowledge that some characters are having trouble even as much as i am enjoying playing zangief right now he's still not as easy to win with as say like playing kimberly right it's still a completely different kind of situation but they can all fight <laughs> They can all fight, except maybe for Ryu and Manon, apparently. <laughs> except for Ryu and Manon, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, at the lowest level, tears don't matter at all. Tears have absolutely no, no bearing on the game whatsoever. Yeah, some people like riding the struggle bus. That's me. I've been a low-tier hero for my whole entire life. I don't like playing top-tier characters. I, I, I find it boring. I get bored very easily. I like feeling like I have to outplay my opponent to win. That makes me excited. Uh, unfortunately, it also makes me salty, <laughs> Lucia. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, this, which is why in six, I tried to get away from that by playing Kimberly. Then everybody was like, Kimberly's bottom three. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and then, uh, so I tried switching to Cammy, and I was like, dude, Cammy's way harder to win with than Kimberly. <laughs> 
if I play, if I tiered the characters based on my own results, Kimberly would be way higher tier than Cammy, honestly. Uh, man. Uh, yeah, Ramon says it right there. Reality is, when million is at stake, why make it harder for yourself? Use a diva character. Yeah. That's just, I mean, that's, again, that's, that's how esports changes fighting games. It's, it's how esports changes things and why it is the responsibility of a fighting game company to try to make the game as balanced as possible. Because you want to let players be able to express themselves. But again, you know, uh, balancing a fighting game is very much a butterfly effect, right? Uh, I always like to point at that one of the more recent KOF 15 patches. Kyo was like, not a lot of people considered him like top 10 or whatever like that. And then a patch came out that nerfed a bunch of characters and nerfed Kyo. They took away his safe up kicks thing. Like you used to be able to do up kick, delayed up kick, and you'd be safe on block. They took that away. And I was like, man, they nerfed Kyo. That sucks. Kyo became top five. Right? He got nerfed in that patch and he became top five. And why? Because everybody else got nerfed as well. And that's just the way it works when you're balancing a game. Butterfly effect. You change one small thing. Seth Killian always had the example. You nerf Guile's crouching medium kick. Ibuki becomes the best character in the game. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, you have no idea how that happened, right? But, like, it's just the because Guile's crouching medium kick got nerfed, that means that this character could beat Guile more often, but this character is weaker to Ibuki, and Ibuki can actually fight Guile a little bit better now. And, you know, it, that's just what happens. And so a lot of people don't realize that it, that's all it takes oftentimes to uh, just, just tweak a game. And so, you know, yeah, Street Fighter VI needs to be rebalanced, but it's not at a point right now where I think we are going to see continued domination from JP, Luke, and Ken. They're going to show up the most in top eights. They're going to show up the most. They're probably going to win the most tournaments for sure. But that doesn't mean if you are an excellent player like Gachikud that you can't win with Rashid. That's the thing. And so like angry, uh, Big Bird trying to reevaluate himself, like, does that mean I rated him wrong? I don't think that is. I th still think Rashid is right outside or right inside the top 10. But again, that's just how strong all the characters are. So since it's already so well balanced, it's even harder to fix. It's actually true. I don't think Kimberly will get to top tier eventually, uh, Nakamura. The reason being is she doesn't have an OD wake up. And I really don't think you can win in this game without an OD wake up. I, I really feel like needing an OD wake up is super important. Uh, I mean, out of all the characters that I've gone through here, uh, Kimberly, uh, Kimberly, Marisa, and Dalsam are the only exceptions that I think are in the game right now. But if you look at the characters who have trouble winning, Honda doesn't have an OD wake up. Zangief doesn't have an OD wake up. Lily doesn't have an OD wake up. Aki doesn't have an OD wake up. Manon doesn't have an OD wake up. Jamie and Ryu have OD wake ups, but they have their own problems. <laughs> oh yeah, and then there you go. So Bitfrost says that Big Bird said when he made his tier list that Rashid is only going to go up. Exactly, exactly. So... So that's kind of uh, that's kind of my stance on this. So I, I really do. Uh, Guhawk says hi, James. Tangentially related, just for anyone curious, between World Warrior CPT Online and CPT Offline, the only characters that haven't won yet are Honda, Lily, Jamie, and Aki. 
Aki, obviously, very brand new, so no surprise there. Uh, Honda, uh, Honda and Manon are the two characters that have had very precipitous drops. Uh, Lily, I think uh, that's a tough one because there's not a lot of people out there who are working hard for Lily. But again, that's only four characters. It's really impressive. <laughs> right, so Honda can be thrown. Aki can be thrown. Marisa can be thrown. Uh, uh, Lily is the complete opposite. She can't be thrown, but she can be hit. Um, and then Manon can't do crap. Kimberly can't do crap. Dalsam can't do crap. So... <laughs> Oh, man. Jury's a weird one. It is strange that she isn't doing as strong, but um, some some juries are definitely winning some stacked tournaments. So, And the worst thing about it, too, is that Lily, Manon, and Kimberly, who have, like, no OD wake-ups, also have, like, the three slowest level one supers. Capcom, please. <laughs> If you're going to make them so that they do not have OD wake-ups, make their level ones faster. There's no reason why Luke needs a 6-frame level 1 and Ken needs a 7-frame level 1. And then Kimberly's is 12 frames and Lily's is 13 frames and Manon's is like 10 or 11 frames. Come on, dude. Why are you making it so that you can safely jab these characters and not the others, man? Come on. Like, honestly, if they buffed Kimberly, Manon, and Lily so that their level ones were six frames, they would instantly shoot up in the charts. I really believe that. I really think that would make them a lot stronger. Um, but giving them an actual OD would, would be preferable. <laughs> uh, Manon is getting exposed very badly, uh, factory worker one. Manon is, she's like, I mean, right now, most people would rate Zangief, Lily, and Manon as the three worst characters in the game, which clearly shows Capcom was scared about their grapplers. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of uh, where it is right now. Um, <clears throat> I mean, dude, I think Manon destroys Kimberly. I was glad to see one of the other expert Japanese Kimberly say that Manon is one of her worst matchups. So I was happy about that. But Manon, I think, blows up Kimberly uh, really, really badly. Uh, but yeah, Manon is very one-track minded. She's only got like three specific, really scary setup kind of situations. She's so drive impactable. Like uh, unless you're fighting like the most absolute, like aware Manon, she gets drive impacted a lot. So <sighs> yeah, Zangief. I mean, if they just gave him a level one <laughs> at all, <laughs> or or some kind of wake up. Uh. You play, uh, oh, you play Guile, but I just get grabbed every time I throw a fireball, right? You have to play Guile, the non-fireball uh, method. You got to play him more of the brawler type of character uh, against Manon. Or learn to whiff throws uh, to fake sonic booms, and then you can basically blow up, the, the blow, blow up her uh, move that goes through fireballs and stuff. <laughs> Uh, random, yeah, random and Idom are the two strongest Manons that I know of right now. I don't think anybody else is really having any success with the character as much. Uh, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, ignore their efforts, 
but Random is doing really well. But, I mean, Idom, you can already see he's just been having... I mean, Idom, if you just watch his streams, you know he's struggling with the game and he's hating drive rushes. But I also feel like that's because he's using Manon, and Manon is particularly bad against uh, drive rushes because she can't just throw out buttons uh, without getting whiff punished as easily or at drive impacted as easily. I mean, I just keep saying Idom needs to play Marisa. Marisa's more Laura-like than, uh, than, than Manon is. If, if Idom switched to Marisa, he'd, she'd be murdering everybody. <laughs> He'd be murdering everybody. <laughs> he finds her fun? Okay. I mean, I mean, if he finds her fun, then more power to him. So I'm sure Idom is probably sick of me talking about him and being like, play Marisa, please. <laughs> but I just want to see Idom winning. That's just really what it comes. I just want to see Idom destroying everybody. So... Um. Let's see. I actually love watching streamers who play lower tier characters. I mean, that's why Snake Eyes' stream is so popular to watch, right? Everybody loves watching Snake Eyes just completely maul everybody with Zangief. Like, he'll lose to some character and he'll be like, I didn't know this character could do that. And then in the next two games, just absolutely slaughter the guy. Like, he'll lose the first game and he just looks completely helpless. And the next two games, he just completely shuts them down after he's like, I didn't know this character could do that. Oh, well. And then he just destroys them. Dude. He's, he's kind of ridiculous, so... I mean, I have my theories on why Idom is playing Manon, but, uh, you know, I'll save that for another time. So, um, in any case, uh, been talking about this way longer than I thought, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I really do think that this game is very, very bad, very, very balanced. I do think it's very, very balanced. Yes. Ken, Luke, JP, clearly top three, clearly stronger than all the other characters in the game. Do they need nerfs? Yes. Minor nerfs. Very minor nerfs. Uh, but are they impossible to beat? Do they give whoever uses them a complete unfair chance, uh, unfair advantage at winning tournaments? No. No, 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 no. I don't think that's the case because there's too many good players using all these other characters that can take them out. And that's the important thing. So, when we talk about balance, there are games where the top tier are your only chance of winning. If you look at MVC2, for example, there's only, you only have a chance of winning with like four or five teams in the game, right? Like that's your only choice. But when you have it so that the top tier are the best, but other characters can still allow you to win big tournaments, that is when the game is balanced. That is the important difference right there. Yes, JP, Ken, and Luke are significantly stronger than a lot of characters. Yes, do they carry players? Yes, of course they do. Are we going to see the majority of them in top 64s? Absolutely. Are you going to run into them in ranked all day? Of course. <laughs> but the thing about it is the other characters can win. And that's, that's the most important thing. Uh, so... I mean, UMVC3, it's kind of... I've seen a lot of crazy teams win that game, so... Uh, but that's kind of where I stand on this situation here. I hope my arguments here are convincing enough that, you know, you look at Street Fighter Six balance a little bit differently, that you understand that it is actually a really well-balanced game. I, I hope you understand my logic to what I'm saying over here. 
but uh, outside of that, thank you guys for watching. For those of you here on YouTube, come and try to find my uh, Moke versus uh, Kakaru analysis that I'm going to be doing right after this break here on Twitch. So for those of you who are here on YouTube, thank you guys for tuning in. Is it that time? Oh, did you hear that? Hi. Oh, hi. It's that time again, guys. Before we leave. Hi, Nathan. He's so angry. He's so, he's like, oh, this is so gross. Why do you do this to me all the time? <laughs> Look at the way his head, he's just like... He's like that little kid who's annoyed when their parents try to kiss them. You know, he's like, oh, God, you're embarrassing me, Dad. Stop it. Hi. Hi. Hi, 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 hi. You want to get out? You want me to let you go, uh, Nathan? Want to go? Yoink. There you go. <laughs> All righty. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, for those of you on YouTube, uh, please like and subscribe. Leave a comment below on uh, if I've convinced you or if I haven't convinced you. Let me know. Uh, if you think Street Fighter Six is horribly unbalanced, uh, tell me what your reasons are. Uh, but outside of that, uh, thank you for tuning in. For those of you on Twitch, stick around. Don't go anywhere. But the day that this podcast graced your ears was the most important day of your life. Right, Nathan? Right, Nathan? Mwah. But for me... It was Tuesday. Everybody, welcome to uh, twitch.tv slash ultrachentv. Uh, this is, uh, I just wanted to uh, address this and take a little bit of time to talk about uh, the passing of uh, Ari Weintraub, aka Flo, uh, who was a very, very, um, very important uh, member of the FGC. Um, I got to know Flo very well when he moved to Southern California to be closer to his best friend, Justin Wong, uh, of course. And when Justin Wong uh, moved to Southern California, he moved in with me. So he lived with me for the time. And uh, so as a result, uh, I saw Flo a lot. Um, so um, uh, I got to know him very well. And I just wanted to say that you know, Flo was very, very many, many things. One, he was one of the kindest people uh, that you could ever meet. He was such a wonderful soul. He was uh, absolutely just... Um, he was uh, uh, one of the friendliest people. He was always very welcoming. He, 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 you could see it a lot. I mean, especially on social media, how many people have reached out and actually started talking about this uh, and, you know, talking about how great Flo, you know, was as a person. 
and you know and and honestly is as a person because uh that memory of flow will never go away to be honest with you uh he was somebody that was very giving someone who was very friendly uh he always tried to make everyone feel good he was hilarious he was super funny and you know one of the toughest parts too i mean uh, uh, we don't talk about this enough but Flo is also like literally one of the best fighting game players that I have ever met, ever met. Like uh, his tournament results didn't result in that, didn't show that. Uh, he got very nervous on streams. And so whenever he played on streams, he wouldn't do so well. Uh, Flo was kind of his own worst enemy in that way when it came to tournament results. Uh, he was ninth place one year at Evo for Street Fighter Four. He really wanted that golden stick, and uh, he didn't get that, unfortunately. But, um, you know, he was so talented. He's the only player I've ever seen, like, literally frustrate Justin while they were playing casuals. Like, Justin would actually just get be like, God, like, I, I hate that. Like, you just you don't ever see Justin get frustrated. He beat everybody so, so effectively, you know, especially during that period of time before you know, when Justin was at the height of his competitive life, um, he was so strong. Um, he was definitely one of the best fighting game players that I've ever, ever met. And like I said, he, he was just a wonderful soul. And uh, I'm glad that I did get to know him. I'm glad to know that I reached out to him a couple of times when he went through troubles and uh, had some rough times as well. So, um you know, I, I've always been glad that I've been able to, to help him in any way, uh, shape or form. Obviously, now I just wish I reached out to him more often than I have. Um, he's always kind of suffered health wise. Uh, I don't want people out there, you know, disparaging him because of his weight. It, it went much past that. He was just a person who was very unlucky, I think, in a lot of health issues but uh again the guy just made me laugh so much he was wonderful i i yeah yeah uh-huh he's he he was a guy who actually in one of the videos you can hear him yell don't do it and uh on moment 37 and justin he did it <sighs> unfortunately so um but uh yeah he oh god just the times hanging around with him he was just so hilarious and so funny and such. And I know it's tough because you don't like the Like, I know a lot. Uh, there was definitely I mean, I want I guess, you know, just publicly a little bit just to kind of set a record straight a little bit. Uh, I don't even I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I know like at one point in time he was accused of something. Uh, at an Evo, and I just want to say that uh, all the independent investigations showed that that uh, the accusations were false, and that Flo never did anything like that. And so, for those of you who are like, "Oh my gosh, everyone's staying quiet about you know this thing that happened to Flo," I mean, in in the end, if you know about the whole situation, it, it was not it was proven to be false. So. Uh, you know, Flo, like I said, I, I can't even imagine Flo ever wanting to hard uh, to to harm anyone. I just I can't imagine it. It just it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Flo is just such a good person, a wonderful person. He's touched so many lives 
you see throughout, like I said, all the people reaching out and just, you know, uh, saying their kind words about him. Uh, like I said, I don't think that guy had a mean bone in his body. Uh, he was also one of the greatest trash talkers out there, let's be honest here. Uh, but he was just, it was just hilarious. It was always done in this way that it was like, it was so jestful and it was just such in good spirits and stuff. So again, just, he was a, a fantastic human being. And, uh, and I, I said some words about him during the world warrior, uh, this past week, uh, for the U S West. And I just kind of want to repeat it here, man. Like, Always remember to reach out to those of the, to those people that you love because you just don't know how much longer time a lot of people have. And so, uh, you know, obviously Flo passing away was a huge shock and a huge loss to the community. His I Want to Be the Guy streams uh, were one of the earliest viral Twitch streams and they were so enjoyable and... He has told me stories about how people were inspired by his I want to be the guy streams. Like he would actually stream I want to be the guy and people would say like, yeah, he was really awful at those games. But the fact that he kept pushing forward and he kept trying and he kept continuing like really inspired a lot of people to to push through the troubles that they had. And, and in fact, a lot of the times those I want to be the guy streams were uh literally uh things that helped people get through some of their dark times on their own uh when i did the evo i want to be the guy special on thursday that was honestly one of the funnest things that i'd ever done it was it was so great uh he was playing those games on arcade stick yeah definitely yeah his time on capcom pro talk where he was uh talking trash with mike and stuff i mean i really think that Mike Ross and Flo were like some of the best content we've ever had in the FGC, watching those two riff off of each other for Capcom Pro Talk. Uh, and I think has rarely been replicated since. Uh, like I said, everybody who's met Flo, everybody who's watched Flo, who's seen him, every single one of these people know how much he has, you know, touched people's lives and how much he's really just been such a good spirit around as i said on the world warrior streams you know we talk about noah the prodigy being some crazy kid when he was 12 years old and was amazing that was flow when he showed up in the midwest he showed up to the arcades and he was bodying everybody and people were like who is this guy and a lot of the veterans like jason wilson and a bunch of other midwestern veterans you know basically kind of took him under his wing uh, under their wings and and really helped him grow to become one of the strongest. He was one of the best Soul Calibur players. He loved Vampire Savior to death. Uh, he would he would go and play Vampire Savior with all of the, the best Vampire Savior players in the country. And like he would win a lot of the tournaments using Victor, who was like a terrible character. You know, he was just so talented uh, at fighting games. I mean, like I said, I have never... I have very rarely seen someone as strong as him in casuals. He even taught me a really valuable lesson in fighting games in, in how Marvel plays. Because he would hit me with this unblockable box jumps thing with Dante. He would jump attack, call Wesker assist, 
which was the gunshot that shot low and then box jump air dash over me and hit me with a cross up Dante jumping slash a dumping medium. So it was literally a high, low, left, right. <laughs> it hit in all four directions at literally at the same time. And I was just like, how do you survive this? Like, what am I supposed to do? And Flo was like, don't be there. And I was like, what are you talking about? How does that even work? How do you not be there? And he's like, watch me play Justin. And then him and Justin played. And Justin was literally just never in the position where Flo could actually do that mix up to him. And I was just like, this is so weird. Marvel is such a different game than Street Fighter. I was like, what? You know, like, because in Street Fighter, you could rely on your defense. And in Marvel, that just wasn't the way uh, that you could, that, that this is not how you survived. And so, like, he taught me a lot of things uh, about fighting games. And so, again, I, I miss Flo terribly. Uh, I would reach out to him all the time. I wished him Merry Christmas and Happy New Year every year. Uh, just because, or I was just say happy holidays every year because he was somebody that I, I felt like I really became good friends with and I really wanted to, um, he was someone that I, I, I really was glad to know because he also felt like someone that I could rely on at any given time. You know, because like I said, he cared about other people and he was very, he was a very loving human being. And uh, I, I miss him tremendously. Uh, I've definitely uh, already, you know, cried tears for him. Um, I'm good. I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying my best not to do so again right now. But again, you know, just make sure you take the time to tell the people that you love them and to tell the people that, you know, you care about them. We've got all these great stories about Flo after he passed away. But again, the question really comes down to is why do we have to wait until then? Why can't we tell these stories while people are alive and such? So uh, let's celebrate everybody that we can, uh, honestly. So I knew about Evo because I saw the Evo poster in I Want to Be the Guy Guidance First Level. And it got me into fighting games because of it. Flow indirectly made me get into the FGC. <laughs> nice. That's actually so awesome to hear. So, But yeah, um, he passed away last week. Uh, was an unfortunate way that people, a lot of people found out. Um, wasn't through the official announcement, but, you know, uh, uh, you live and learn and stuff. And, you know, obviously when it happened, you know, the people who did find out, were shocked by it and were wondering why no one was talking about it. So can't really super blame a lot of people out there. But again, he was a wonderful soul. He did a lot of wonderful things. And uh, I really, really, um, I miss him. I miss him already. And uh, I think the world will miss him because, like I said, he was an amazing person. So uh, again, shout outs to Ari Weintraub, a.k.a. Flo. Floji-san, uh, I really feel like he didn't have a mean bone in his body outside of his trash talk. But like I said, even when he trash talked, you could tell he was doing it in good fun. So um, that's basically, I guess, what I can say about Flo right now. Um, I don't want to stretch this on for too long, but 
we'll see you soon, Flo, for sure. And uh, I hope you are um, in a peaceful place now. And I hope you are... Um, I hope you realize how many people you affected and how, how much love that you gave to the world. So, um, rest in peace, Flo, and we'll see you on the other side. And take care. <laughs>